We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Wednesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio this uh, morning. We're going to be joined by Trey Wallace of Outkick the Coverage. He covers the Southeastern Conference based there in Knoxville. So we'll discuss that and uh, whatever else is uh, is going on around the, the world of Ole Miss, Oxford. I don't know. Whatever. We'll find something to talk about over the next hour and uh, and change here this morning. Good, uh, good morning to all the people in the stream today, the uh, new subscribers at rebelgrove.com. We'll welcome you guys officially later, but anyway, that and uh, and more this morning. Again, the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford, the Blue Sky location. Go take a selfie. We've been telling you about it. Still giving away football helmets. All you got to do is take a selfie, tag Oxford Exxon, you uh, hashtag Blue Sky Rebels, and you're automatically entered into a chance to win an official Miss football helmet there at the Blue Sky in Oxford. Again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours right to the bottom line. No hassle. No um, haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You will love the product. You'll love the service. They go the extra mile all the time. Corey always says he wants to be a car guy. He wants to be a truck guy. And um, figure out what that means when you make the call, 662-257-1900. Guest like Trey Wallace will join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford be a great place this weekend. Uh, if you're hanging out, looking for something to kind of do before Ole Miss and Tennessee get going at 630, you can watch the 11 a.m. games. You got uh, LSU Florida. You got um, Auburn Arkansas, the 230 game, Georgia Kentucky. Just stuff on baseball playoffs, I suppose, by then. You can um, check all that out at Rafters. Enjoy a burger, po' boy, appetizers, 
Uh, great beer selection, full bar, the whole deal there at Rafters, music and food on the square in Oxford, Rafters, New Albany, and uh, also Rafters on the water at Sardis. So, um, let's see. I uh, kind of want to start elsewhere. I'm trying to figure out what's going on this morning. Um, really not much out of Ole Miss yesterday, frankly, from just a news standpoint. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think. but Got a basketball not. commitment. Uh, oh, that's right. Zach Barry's got a story on that. That um, feels like 14 years ago right now. Um, it was a busy day. It was. Uh, Zach's got that story. I've got a football notebook up as well. Zach's got his really good A to Z analytics piece breaking down um, the Arkansas Ole Miss game from this past Saturday. Uh, let's see what else is up. Um don't forget, we had a visit with Chance Campbell that went up late uh, Monday. Yeah, that's, right. that's up as well. Had a problem with the, a file, uh, but Caroline got the file corrected, so that story is up. Really good visit with Chance, about 20 minutes or so. Talked about that crazy game in Oxford on Saturday, about playing in front of 100,000 people. He's done it before. And uh, also we talked about how you sort of come down on from one of those days like that where your adrenaline's pumping like that, and then boom, it's over. So it was a pretty interesting conversation with uh, Chance Campbell. That's all at rebelgrove.com. Don't forget, there is a promo right now. If you're not a, a rebelgrove.com subscriber, uh, go to the um, sign-up page, enter the promo code ELI10. That's ELI for like Eli Manning. He, yes, used to, yes. he used to play football at Ole Miss. And 10 was the uh, number that they he wore on the back of his jersey. Right. So you enter that code, ELI10, and you will get free access through Thanksgiving. That deal is good until right about the time that the Tennessee Ole Miss game ends on Saturday night. So don't um, procrastinate yeah. too much. Don't delay it. can run out on you. So, yeah, sometime Saturday or midnight Saturday for uh, that free through uh, the end of uh, – or th- until Thanksgiving, I think is what it said. Either way, I don't know if it's Thanksgiving Day, if it's right after Thanksgiving Day. I'm not sure what what it is, but nonetheless, it's uh it's one or the other there. Um, writing a little bit about this today, the the three two one will be up here in a couple hours. But um, Matt Corral, the last uh FBS quarterback to not have an interception this season, um, among quarterbacks who have had at least 200 attempts. He has not thrown an interception since the LSU game. It was almost kind of a, a, a good line of demarcation to get through that Arkansas game for him, quit, get all the highlights out of the way, and then just kind of focus on what he is putting together right now because it's fairly remarkable as far as not just the lack of interceptions, but the lack of passes that even, frankly, could be intercepted. I mean, Pro Football Focus has him with only two t- turnover-worthy plays this entire season that could have resulted into turnovers. And actually, they were both against Arkansas on uh, on Saturday. He had zero coming into uh, Saturday's game against the Hogs. Um, by comparison, like Bryce Young's throwing interceptions in three straight games. I think he's got five turnover-worthy plays. Although he he had to chunk that thing around like crazy. I didn't look at a box score of that game until this morning. He threw the ball fifty-six times against A and M. That you. is so un-Alabama, but it's also not a recipe for success. That tells you they were getting kicked at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, well, that's happened to them a couple of times now. Florida got them at the line of scrimmage. Um, A&M got them at the line of scrimmage. I'm really interested to see whether Alabama can run on Mississippi State. I'm not convinced that State can score much on Alabama because I don't know that the air dump-off works against teams like Alabama. Mm-hmm. But I am really interested to see whether Alabama can score against State by doing what Alabama likes to do, balance. Not not positive they can. 
they, they maybe they can. I'm, I'm interested in it. It's there's a bunch of SEC games that I'm pretty interested in this weekend, and that's one of them. I think they lose again in the regular season. Mama, yeah, if you yes. had to go yes or no, you would go yes. yes. Okay. Man, they got to go to Auburn. Just good. This is a bit of a matchup. Weird, Just weird. good Alabama teams don't go to Auburn and win. Yeah. Auburn's pretty good in that series at Jordan-Hare. Auburn will get up for Alabama. Breaking. So you think it's Georgia, Cincinnati, and two one-loss teams? I hadn't really thought about it, but. Because, uh, like, Iowa could lose to Ohio State, obviously. Ohio yeah. State could still run it. Yeah. I, Oklahoma running the table just simply means the Big 12 sucks because they're not they, – they've been playing with fire all freaking year. Yeah, something tells me Oklahoma gets burned before yeah, sure. it's all said and done. Um, they could lose to Oklahoma State. They could lose to several teams. Yeah. I think Cincinnati's in good shape. I really do. I, th- I think they're in pretty good shape right now. I like their chances. When you have that second win. The only one that's really left for them, and this actually works out for them, is they they get another quality game with SMU. With SMU. Because SMU's playing well. 6-0 Mustangs. Yeah. No, that's fair. So from a computer standpoint, the computer's going to like that. It's a scheduling quirk and something that the SEC needs to to, 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 to work on and change a little bit. Ole Miss looking for its first win in Knoxville since 1983 this uh, this weekend. Um, of course, they hadn't played there. but well, That's what I'm saying. It, well, they played there a lot in the 80s and 90s and just <laughs> lost. Yeah. And then since then, it's been kind of few and far between. I mean, they haven't been to Knoxville since 2010 when Jeremiah Masoli and Derek Dooley and all those guys were on the field together for, uh, for that one. I remember that day. I had the flu. It's yeah. the, the only game I missed. I was up there. You went. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the Monday after where Houston Nut comes over to me and says, "So you, I got to fire coaches, right?" I'm like, "Did you read it?" <laughs> and he goes, "No." And I pulled it out on my phone and handed it to him. Well, that's right. I said, "Read it." And he looks at me, and goes, "Source is good." I said, "I wouldn't write it otherwise." And then Ron Dickerson Jr. walks over to me later and goes, "I'm probably one of those coaches." Yeah. And he was. And he was. Where did he resurface? He is at, like, West Florida right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they had several dudes that went to, like, Eastern Illinois or something after that. Yeah, they went with Kim Dameron for a while. That's right. Where's Kim now? Is he retired? I don't know. (laughs) There were a couple dudes on the staff that were nice. I mean, he was was, – Kim Dameron was really nice. I mean, if you get him away from Houston, Mike Markison, good dude. I mean, Mike you know, was a good dude. Yeah, just is Mike on Deion Sanders' staff? He was. He was at least. I don't know now, but yeah, um, he was. Kim Dameron was the head coach at Eastern Illinois from fourteen to eighteen. Okay, so it appears that he's retired since two thousand eighteen. The career that started in nineteen eighty three. I was in Kim Dameron's office when my mother called me about Laura's mother. And said you need to go get to your wife quick. Oh, really? I was in Kim Dameron's office and was like, "Hey, I got to go by." What are you doing in his office? Working on a story. Oh, were you? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, that's one of the things that's mainly changed a ton. Is just the whole, "Hey, I'm at the building doing something." Not yeah, yeah, when yeah. I was covering Auburn, you could go in and walk the halls. I would go in and sit, and talk to Eddie Grand, just hang out, um, talk to. Noel Mazzoni, I could talk to Hugh Nall, all those guys. Different world now. Yeah. Different me. You, you'd get 
Well, for most people. Summarily um, executed if you tried that at some places now. Yeah. And back uh, then it was almost encouraged. Almost kind of a baseball clubhouse kind of situation in a way. Um, Ole Miss has lost seven straight games at Neyland Stadium, Stadium dating back to 83. That also includes eight straight in the state of Tennessee because they played, I guess, a home game in Memphis um, in 1996. They got beat 41-3 to in, uh, in that one. Yeah, but, Peyton um, Manning was the Tennessee quarterback yeah, that day. So The two teams played every season from 56 until 91 outside of 70 and 71, um, but it's been pretty sporadic since then. Ole Miss has two wins in the series in a really, really long time are um, – uh, 2019 and 2014, both in Oxford. 2009, obviously Lane Kiffin was the head coach. Ed Orgeron was the defensive coordinator for that Tennessee team. Dexter McCluster ran for, I think, 282 yards, if I have that right off the top of my head in that one. And then in 14 was the one where if you'd like to watch our post-game analysis, that video was on rebelgrove.com. Uh. Probably on, like, page 19 now, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's there. Uh, Tennessee had zero rushing yards. Ole Miss was very dominant defensively that year as they finished number one in the nation in scoring defense. And I think the final score was like 34-3, to three, something like that, with the, the Vols and the Rebels. Thanks to Kenneth Morgan for the super chat. He says, call me crazy, but maybe Kentucky is in the playoff. They go 11-1 and one with their only loss to Georgia at Georgia. I mean, I guess. I don't know that their schedule strength would be enough to pull them through. It it doesn't feel – it doesn't feel like it, right? I, it, it, I mean, a lot would have to happen elsewhere. I mean, and it feels like I don't know. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's a new Kentucky that doesn't slip anywhere. But it's so hard to win eleven games you're supposed to win. Yeah, where some Saturday something weird doesn't happen and just gets. I mean, I do think an eleven and one Ole Miss would probably supersede an eleven and one Kentucky. Now that's a there's a lot to happen. I mean, <laughs> a lot. To, I mean, let's remind people that the ball was in the air at. Two, whatever yeah, that was, yeah. in, in Arkansas. And you could be 0-2 in the league you could, right now. You could, yeah. You don't have to change much to get Ole Miss to 0-2 in the league right now. So, just, before we get to 7-1, and one, let's And I expect Ole Miss to football. win on Saturday, but I expect points and points and points and points and just all kind of – I mean, I told you, I like the over. Even at 79.5. Yeah. One team in the mid-40s, one team in the upper 30s, sure. Would that surprise you? No. Which, based on what you just saw? No, no, not even a little bit. I mean, uh, Heupel is doing a good job. I, I Sure. I still want to see a few more weeks. I mean, look, he's not supposed to go win 10 games. I mean, that's not the point of, of this year anyway. But you go back and look at everything else. Has it been just this drastic, wow, he's really figured out this thing, or is it Missouri and South Carolina? And we still don't know the answer to that necessarily as this thing moves It's probably forward. somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But they're averaging 41 points a game. They're playing hard for him. That's a part of it. They didn't That's play particularly hard part of it. last year. They're playing hard for him. Because Tennessee as a program has folded like a 10 at times. Yeah, the fans are excited. It's going to be very loud Saturday night. It'll be a good crowd Saturday night. Yeah, it's going to be a sellout. I mean, you got a top 15 if team coming town. you ever been in Neyland when it's full? I've only been in England that one time in 2010. Yeah. I've been in England when it's full and it's loud. It was not too in full in 10 because that was a team that went 6 and 7 and lost in the Music City Bowl that beat Ole Miss 52 to 14 or something like that. It was a colossal. I mean, that Yeah. That was like sign 2 of the 10 that ended up getting Houston fired at some point because you had Jacksonville State earlier that season and then you lose to a 6 and 6 Tennessee team by 40. Um there's 
there were some, there's some chinks in the armor at that point. Yeah, we'll, for sure. We'll say that. Uh, Houston was not in a good mood that that, that afternoon. Um, Derek Dooley was always worried about his hair. I remember, like, he would just, he kept, like, really concerned with it, it not doing the right part thing kind of uh-huh. on the front. He was, he, he was, he was kind of obsessed. He, you know, he used to wear those orange pants all the time, really trying to get into the Tennessee. I do thing. remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ole Miss Banker says there's a whale in the front yard. It just smashed the truck and turned over the carport. It rolled over and snapped the tree in half, but we're over here looking at the flower bed. I'll get there in a minute, okay? <laughs> All right. <I'm> just... All right. <laughs> I'm just kind of letting you letting you go. You got a minute, okay? Just it's it's all good. Here's the thing: I don't. I mean, in all seriousness, I know. I know what. I mean, our stream's busy this morning. I know what everybody's want to talk about. I don't have a full segment worth of things. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll hit it, and unless something gets carried away, I'm not expecting it to go a uh, to go a full segment because there's not. I mean, frankly, because nothing publicly as of eight twenty five has been said, and I feel weird saying too much because I, I I know more than probably I should know. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to be a little bit careful on that, but I mean we will get there in a minute. I, I get it. There's a, as somebody said in the beginning, we started talking about Alabama, but there's an elephant in the room. Um, so we'll uh, we'll hit that in uh in in, in a second. But yeah, plentyrebelgrove.com. Uh, in all seriousness, we probably do have some extra people in the stream, some new subscribers, some things like that. I'm not really making any jokes. Um, ask questions, send DMs if you have to. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a different. Uh, interface as far as handling everything. So if you have questions, just uh, just holler. I've already changed a couple of usernames this morning of people who wanted some different usernames, some different things like that. A couple that got hazed last night when they were in the Thunderdome, if you will. So uh, it's been some uh, been some stuff going on. And don't there. forget the Saturday. There's a pregame party at Chase's house every week. <laughs> Look for the balloons in the front yard yeah. and you come in and they just bring is. your own yeah, snacks. Yeah. He provides all the drinks and yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Wash tubs full of alcohol everywhere. So <laughs> anyway, we'll uh, we'll get there in a second. First take about community mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. Underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. They're getting local underwriting and understands your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J L O W E at community mtg.com. So I'll start taping tonight for the uh, walk-ons, the MPW Digital pregame show presented by Walk-On Sports Bistro. I'll be talking to Jeffrey Wright, Pete Deweese. We'll uh, look a little bit back at Arkansas, but almost exclusively ahead to Ole Miss, Tennessee. That's brought to you by Walk-On Sports Bistro. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day uh, with a taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads. Quality, fresh ingredients you can't help but crave. 1737 B University Avenue in Oxford will be the um, Oxford location here in about a month. And then the, don't forget, it's open at 720 Highland Colony Parkway in Ridgeland. So if you're looking for a place to enjoy um, – College football on Saturday, highly recommend walk-ons, 720 Highland Colony Parkway in Ridgeland. The uh, Oxford Excellent Podcast also brought to you by Brothrow. Um, if you're looking for a fun way to bet on Saturday, really recommend Brothrow. It's a social sports betting network, free to use. I was introduced to it uh, recently. It's a really cool, fun way to bet. No third party, no juice. Over time, that saves you money. You can start your own group, make friends, and invite your friends. Payment happens within 24 hours of the conclusion of your bet. You can take the other side of an existing bet, start a new bet, and more. Go to bet.brothrow.com backslash MPW. 
Uh, we're also brought to you by Muddy Water Camo, MuddyWaterOutdoors.com, and a promo code Rebel Grove. Get a 35% discount on any products from the site. Free shipping on $100 or more at MuddyWaterOutdoors.com. Same promo, Rebel Grove at Dead Soxy. The best socks you'll ever put on your feet. The no-shows are the best I've ever had. They're, they're, they're amazing. They don't slip. If you are like me and you, you, you like wearing, you don't like wearing shoes with no socks, but you know that sometimes that's fashionable, highly recommend Dead Soxy. And also they're kind of, for lack of a better word, Mississippi-themed socks there at Dead Soxy are fantastic. You want to make sure you have those in your wardrobe here for football season. It's uh, deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Uh, speaking of uh, Ole Miss football, there's still uh, four home games left on the schedule. LSU comes to Oxford next weekend, then three games in November. you got Liberty, Vanderbilt, and Texas A&M all coming to town. You want to make sure that you're uh, set up in the Grove. Recommend 7SouthTailgating.com. 7 South Tailgating, 662-321-1682. And when you're in the Grove, you're going to want those uh, game-changer patches. You want to make sure that you are prepared uh, for the big day in the Grove, Ole Miss and LSU at 2.30. So people are going to be getting started early, going late. You want uh, you want the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch is used after you've been drinking. To recover while you sleep, the all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game and ready for your next play. It's GameChangerPatch.com, promo code RebelGrove20 to check out at checkout for 25% off of your purchase. Podcast is brought to you by Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com as Ole Miss football returns to the vault next weekend. Before that, Friday night, tunes around town. That's 5 to 7. You get multiple musical acts all over downtown Oxford to uh, get some takeout, get some dessert, and enjoy the uh, night. Double Decker bus tour is also 3 and 4 o'clock for that as uh, as well. You can get an adult ticket, and when you do that, $100 off a pair of Blue Delta jeans. Also on that Friday night, Square Jam, back uh, back on October 21st. Oh, yeah. Whatever it is, in, 22nd, I think, in, uh, in Oxford. So, uh, nonetheless, there, visit OxfordMS.com. Uh... Catching up on the stream a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, okay. Um, I mean, we talked a little bit yesterday morning. You get what? Some of the comments. Oh. I'm just saying. Yeah, I was just rolling through. Um, Neil and I were discussing this morning whether or not, you know, because, look, our, both our phones have blown up. I mean, obviously, it's been the only thing being talked about over the last, thir- really, almost 48 hours now at this point as everything came unglued. Um. I know. Shut up, man. <laughs> um, you got to be in the stream to get it. In there. Yeah. They're giving me crap. Um, I guess the main point last night. Uh, the okay, first let's do this. I'm kind of all over the place. I don't really know where to, where to start or what to say because I am trying to be a little careful. And there's been a little misconception about this, and I do think I can clear this up because it's true. Um, nobody, everybody was really concerned or curious how Chuck could be removed from the Ole Miss Spirit. So Chuck obviously started the Ole Miss Spirit in 1982 when it was a Miller. Um, stayed, it became the Ole Miss Spirit on the internet, and then they joined Scout.com in maybe 2004, if I remember correctly, um, something like that. They still did the magazine even while I was there through 2009, 2010, somewhere in there. Um, but when they had the merger with 24-7 a few years ago, 
what happened with Scout.com was incredibly poorly run. It, it, from a network standpoint, it was abysmal. Not Chuck's fault, not Ole Miss's fault, just or the Ole Miss site's fault, but just in general. Um, and when 24-7 acquired them, I don't know exactly the legal terms, but if they took the bell out to cover things, ownership passed to 24-7. So at that point, your contract employees, which might have already been the case anyway, but all Chuck technically owned, and if I'm misspeaking, I apologize, but I feel pretty certain that I'm right, was the URL. So if you were familiar with anything over there last night, it everything switched to inside the Rebels because... Chuck was no longer a part of the site, and he owned OMSpirit.com, the Ole Miss Spirit insignias, and all the logos associated with that. Um, I mean, because that was the most startling thing. And, I mean, my, my coworker over here was not very quick on the upkeep. I no. sent him a screenshot last night, and he was really concerned on who the byline was on the main thing. I was well, like, no, was, look at the masthead. Like, what are I you doing? I was so used oh. to just kind of seeing something else. And I don't yeah. – and I've told people this. Not multiple that, people did it. Rippy did the exact same thing. I think – Multiple people finally now believe me when they tell me that when I used to tell people I don't go over there, I don't know what they do, I don't consume their product at all. Yeah. And people didn't believe me. And yesterday when that stuff happened, then I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. They yeah. finally believe me. If you have interest in exactly what was going on to a more level, I mean, we don't typically do this and I don't know, but you probably should listen to Ben's podcast yesterday. He spent an inordinate amount of time discussing the dynamics going on of what happened between Yancey and everybody else um, and in the whole deal. It, it was startling to me, not that something finally blew up, but just when you see it last night. Like, I, I kind of, like, just stared at it, and, and everything's been so synonymous with Chuck over there for decades. I mean, well, frankly, before I was born. I was born in 83. That that part of this being over at least at the moment or whatever this looks like was just was just kind of startling um obviously there's been things going on with with, with the ANSI has been alluded to over the years um for, for for a long time i mean ben didn't pull many many punches in that at all yesterday during during his show um and chucks understood the criticism of that for a long time um so that that, that dynamic gets complicated on exactly where to fall on 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 how much of a victim some people are I do feel really badly for Ben today. It was something that he had no control over. He has no editorial control at the site whatsoever. And he was completely caught up in this firestorm at the moment. Now, look, could CBS or 24-7 call him this morning and offer him a contract? Sure. That, that, that That's certainly possible. I have no idea either way. I, I know nothing about the inner workings. But as he alluded to yesterday, the reason that he was caught up in this last night is that while David is a 24-7 employee and he is posting some over there this morning – um, Chuck was the employer of Ben and Yancey. Hence, when Chuck had his contract terminated, it led to Ben's dismissal as well. Now, yeah. where that goes from there, I don't know. But yes, that's the case at the uh, at the moment. That's kind of where that's at. Um, I mean, I've been in this business for a long time. I've worked for the Spirit. I was there from February of '07 to November of '08. I have run a crappy bad ESPN site that crashed in about six months um, before before rivals. I mean, and, and that's more the startling thing is I look at this and some people go, hey, then, you know, it's like I saw, because I mean, trust me, I, I was, I'll admit it, I was over there last night, I was reading a lot of threads, um, is everybody goes, hey, just go start another site. The complication behind that is to a level that I don't know that I can explain, like how difficult that is. It's 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 frankly almost impossible. Um, I, 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 I don't can't even. Imagine. 
from a money to an infrastructure to all those sort of things. I mean, I, I know there's on three. I don't know what on three is trying to do or not do in the Ole Miss market. I have no idea. Um, I haven't exactly talked to Shannon Terry about that. So I have today, I, I to have my no knowledge, point. they're not trying to do anything. Yeah. It doesn't appear to be a priority for them at that point. So it's at least to me, the tea leaves barring something crazy is that's probably the end of that era barring something that would surprise me from not, not that somebody might even try something again, but to get the level of interaction and relevance and people and whatever. I mean, that's a, that's a tall ask. Well, it's like that's we talk really about trying to start a podcast network now. I mean, it, now is not the time. Everyone's trying to start one. Now you have all these blogs and yeah. Getting into somebody's discretionary time is complicated. It's a hard thing to do. But look, um, and I've tried to stay kind of out of it. You're Switzerland a little bit, huh? Yeah, you're you're Switzerland a little bit over there. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Let me also say this: I'm, I'm making some jokes on Twitter and other places. I, I feel badly for Ben. I do. While it's complicated, I feel badly that Chuck couldn't say bye to something that's his life life's work. Sure. I, that. That and I know it's a corporate thing, but that troubles me that there's a ton of people over there for him and him only, and the inability to speak to that group after this long a period of time when it's literally his life, that sucks. It does. That really, really sucks. But you know, I got asked a question in a mailbag, and this isn't personal. This is business at this point. Um, it was, what would you do hypothetically if that had happened with someone who works for me? Yeah. And again, can't just make up a quote. And he, he made up a quote. And the kid called him on it. And he tried to cover it up. And the cover-up is what always brings you down. I mean, owning it would have been really difficult yeah. and would have been... A the second and third thing is what... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but once that happened, Chuck's silence became a problem. Went 24 hours almost with nothing. And, and then as entertaining as the podcast was and as enlightening as the podcast was, from a corporate standpoint, probably wasn't – they probably weren't hitting the thumbs-up button on it. And so when you look at how that all unfolded yesterday, I mean, I'm not, st- I'm not shocked. I wasn't surprised. I get what you're saying. It's kind of like alarming a little yeah, yeah, bit. Yeah. But, but it wasn't surprising. I mean, at the end of the day, sometimes you can mess with the wrong kid. Mm-hmm. They mess with the wrong kid. People were upset about it. It's my understanding people inside the building over there were really upset about it. Didn't didn't help things. Goes on and on. How do you... How do you pick up and carry on after that? When you completely lose your credibility, how do you get it back? Yeah, I mean, it was and it begs to be a certain, a... and it begs a question, right? I mean, so you're telling me this is the first time that this happened, and it just happened to be you got caught the first time? What are the odds? Yeah, slim. Brings all sorts of other things into question. Right. 
and I don't feel like that's really attacking anyone's character. I feel like that's just kind of being upfront about it all. There have been issues in the past. Issues that came to light and issues that were essentially ignored. It felt like a ticking time bomb at some point, for sure. Um, I mean, it's been the case for a really, really long time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what becomes of it. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, someone sent the, the screenshot to Devin Brown. Yeah. And Devin said, I didn't say that. Yeah. And he defended, he did what kids are able to do now. Is go public. Yeah. And so people that are like making this about money or or cancel culture, nothing to do with it. This doesn't fit cancel culture. No. And so the people that are saying that, you're out of your mind. Nothing to do with cancel culture or politics. By the way, the spirit board, some people there said I'm liberal. I didn't yeah, you know got that. called liberal this morning. That is a first for me. It's been a long time. You haven't called liberal in a long time. It's been a you? minute, yeah. I mean, I get called liberal occasionally, but you you haven't been called liberal in a while. No, it's pretty. That's interesting, given my voting record. Um, Anyway, it, the kid defended himself. And he used social media to do it. And at that point, there was a crossroads at that moment. There was a way to salvage it. Maybe. 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 There was at least a path where it had to be the way you had to try to go. But instead, he sent him a message, because we've seen the screenshots, hey, please take that down. I took it down. You're making me look bad. Yeah. No apology. Just, hey, you're hurting me. Yeah. And it was a very self-serving message. And then the kid took the kill shot. And he connected. Because then he posted that. Because he posted that. And at that point, and even at that point, when you have one final opportunity to maybe, just maybe, apologize, you invent a stringer. And yes, people say, do you you don't believe that? No, I do not believe that. I've never seen a stringer work for him. And I've, Worked in close contact, mm-hmm. doing recruiting stuff for 13 years. So I don't necessarily believe that sure. at all. And if I'm proven wrong, I'll say, wow, how about that? I doubt I'll be proven wrong. Yeah. And, you know, so at that point, you tripled down. There's kind of nowhere to go from there. And then there was this void of things for a while. And, there was an opportunity for someone over there to try to make a statement and, and explain it, and that didn't happen. Well, and looking back, you realize why, though. Well, they couldn't get on the same page about what you were going to say. Yeah, and then after time passed, it was just pow. Because, um, I mean, even even to this point, I mean, and again, I haven't looked today, but just in general from what, because people have been more than happy to send me things over the last 18 hours. Um the lack of just, you know, a conjoined statement even today of, hey, this is where directions are. I mean, you're in today's world, minutes feel like hours. Hours feel like days. And when there's literally no direction or any idea of what's going on, I mean, that's a that's a catastrophic time for a business. Well, you and I talked about this. I mean, I, we always talk about hand-raised guys, right? I mean, hand-raised guys over there should have been like, hey, we got to address this. 
immediately. We like, got to hey, get this addressed. And I, I mean, listening to their podcast, David said that he said that you've got to address this. Yeah, I mean that's the irony of the podcast yesterday is that listening to Ben and David tell it, and they both said this. Ben didn't want to go there, didn't want to talk about it, and David told him he should talk about it, or they should talk about it. And then, I mean, when Ben has a mic, he's going to talk. Um, I love him. I'm not – that's not a criticism. Um, So, I just – yeah. Well, the truth is, like, Doors Rule says that's like having a stringer for Robert Kimdichi. There was no access – to recruits to use a stringer like it was a, there was a process problem in this and so that's why i, I don't believe there was a stringers the, the 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 young man in question is not like oh no i didn't talk to him but i talked to him he didn't talk to any reporters during his visit what's interesting is i think he did talk to a 247 national reporter after the visit yeah he did i, and, think, it was, I think it was will fong yeah and for whatever reason that reason or reasons or whatever that that wasn't sufficient for them we have a completely different philosophy about that if a national guy like if it's a a kid in the midwest has a relationship with um josh hemholt or a kid in the northeast has a relationship with adam friedman yeah cool they know them have at it what are they going to tell us that they wouldn't tell someone that they've been talking to since Frankly, they're going to get the more truthful the- theme because human nature is try to sound better to the local guy when you're talking to him. It just it's yeah. Bad. So we're going to get better stuff. Like you know, we've let Sam Spiegelman handle Arch Arch Manning. It's not because we're lazy. It's because Sam and Arch now have a relationship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to go to Trey Wallace in a minute because I think it's about half hour, right? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go to him here in a minute again. Outkick covering the SEC. If we have more thoughts on this. We'll uh, we'll talk about it when we uh, we get back. But that was kind of the, the the main things that we have in mind. So we'll go to Trey in a second. First thing about Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Two packages, the uh, Ignite 100 Mbps or the Blaze that powers the Clark Ford Studio. That's a gig. Your hometown team bring you world-class broadband, N-E-Spark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone services available, parental controls, network security, wireless mesh extender, and much more. Call the office for details and get the best internet around, N-E-Spark with a C.com. Having a little trouble. My mouse is not connected right now, so hang tight. I'll tell you that we're also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Just off Interstate 55 in Grenada, Mississippi, they've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. There it goes. Uh, it's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. And now we're having trouble with it again, which is going to be kind of an issue. We might just have to sit here and talk for a minute. because messing I, up a little bit? Well, the mouse isn't connected and without the mouse being connected we can't go to the uh i can't the interview not only that i can't go to pages i can't do a lot of different things so we're just kind of sitting right now we're just kind of sitting here for a minute um we haven't had a technical difficulty in a while it's been a minute so i'm gonna, I'm gonna charge this for a second and let, let it do that for a second uh let's see we're also brought to you by my pen my pinnacle my pinwealth.com m-y-p-i-n-n wealth.com uh go there they do uh what they do is they sit down with you, put together a comprehensive plan that's built just for you and only you at uh, mypinwealth.com. You got John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're thinking about traveling, thinking about a trip, uh, get in touch with John. Uh, just what you do is you sit down with him. You just um, you sit down with him, you give him some parameters, you give him a budget, and he's going to come up with a, a trip that uh, is one that you can use uh 
that you can you can make a lifetime of unique memories. Yeah, I'm kind of struggling here because I'm trying to figure out what in the hell to do. Yeah, that's Jay Edwards at RegencyTravel.net. Thank you. The uh, is the email address to that is uh, true to that one. College Corner, by the way. Okay, it says we're connected. Let's see if it lets me move. Yeah. Okay, we're good. Okay. College Corner, CollegeCornerStore.com, the uh, largest selection of Rebel gear in Central Mississippi. Two locations in Jackson, uh, one in um, Ridgeland, one in Flowood. Also, College Corner Store. Dot com. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go to um, Trey now. Yeah, sure. All let's right. go to uh, to uh, Trey Wallace outkickthecovers dot com. We'll come back. We'll give some more thoughts, and we'll talk in the last segment. Here's Trey Wallace. Trey Wallace covers uh, the SEC for Outkick. He's based in Knoxville. Covered Tennessee for a long time. Still doing a lot of kind of daily Tennessee stuff, but he's covering the league as a whole. Uh, Trey, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Neil, always good to, to join longtime buddy, man. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. All right, let's start here because Ole Miss plays Tennessee on Saturday night. Um, I know there's a ton of excitement in Knoxville right now. People are uh, excited about the balls for the first time in, in, in a long time where it doesn't feel like it's kind of forced enthusiasm. Um, Tennessee lost at Florida. They've blown out Missouri. They blew out South Carolina. How much is the recent success – a result of the schedule and how much is it uh, progress that Josh Heupel's made with that program? I mean, no, that's a good question. I, I think you look at Missouri's defense, which was just terrible, especially at the linebacker and the defensive line standpoint. Um, I thought, I thought South Carolina played a little bit better on defense. I think overall a lot better than what Missouri's putting on the field. Um, but I, but I, but I think it has to do with what Josh Heupel has found in Hendon hooker and being able to run this offense. Um, you look at what Tennessee was doing through the first two games of the season. Um, it just didn't feel like Joe Milton had it for the quarterback spot. It kind of felt like that maybe the pressure got a little bit too much to him, um, especially with the overthrown balls, um, not being able to find the receivers down the field, in which it was weird because he had all fall camp you know, to work on that. And then you come out in the game and you see something completely different. Um, Hendon Hooker has been described to me from a lot of people inside the Tennessee program as kind of that grandpa kind of that 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 father father figure to a lot of these players and the the way that he's been able to get in sync with the wide receivers and also be able to pick up this offense because you know even during that pit game when when Joe Milton went down Hendon Hooker you know he wasn't running that that tempo that Josh Heupel wanted to see but you you get them in different circumstances in practice you you let them run let him run this type of offense and you know, you're, you're, you know how it is. You get buried at second on the depth chart. You're not getting all the first team reps. You're not getting able to work with the, the ones at the wide receiver and the running backs. So things just aren't going the way that you want to go, and you can't show yourself off. But, you know, you get put into the game against Tennessee Tech, and things kind of clicked. Um, you know, you, you saw him with a connection with his roommate, Bayless Jones Jr. Um, and, and I think that's really starting to pay off with what Josh Heupel is trying to do when it comes to scheme-wise, because now you've seen Neil, the Missouri game and the South Carolina game where he's picked it up. The offense is going now in, in six seconds, seven seconds, and if they have to take a break, that's fine for, for Hooker to be able to establish what they're trying to do. But I, I think it's a little bit of a mixture of both. I think it's a schedule, but I also think it's Tennessee has found themselves a quarterback that they can rely on, and it's starting to pay off, as you've noticed. Yeah, they, they certainly look – a, a ton better on that side of the ball. They look like they're they're kind of running that UCF offense that 
that Hypo ran, Jeff Levy ran when he was down there, when they were there together. It's one of the interesting things about Saturday's game, although I think it kind of cancels each other out, that the two right. the two programs are so familiar with each other's offenses that I don't I don't know that it ends up being an advantage for anyone. No, and, and, and I agree with you. I think it's going to be kind of a back-and-forth type deal here. I think with Tennessee, when it comes to what they're trying to do on defense, I think Rodney Garner has found five or six guys along the defensive line that are going to be contributors for the rest of the season. I think that kind of starts up front with Matthew Butler and what he can bring to the pass rush. Uh, and then you've got guys like Tyler Barron off the edge and, and Byron Young coming off the other side. I think with the, the, the way this offense is going to look, on, on Saturday, you know, Tennessee, it's obvious Tennessee is going to try to establish his run game uh, with Tyon Evans. And then, and if, right. And if Jabari Small can go, they'll try to establish it with him, too. They're going to to set up this run where they can try to, to, to beat Ole Miss down the field. And, and they've got speed on the outside to do it. You've noticed a couple different things against South Carolina. I mean, Tennessee had Valus Jones Jr. lining up in the backfield. They were running, you know, these wide receiver sweeps that we haven't seen, you know, for most of the season. Um, so I, I look at this game, and, yeah, it can be back and forth. I think Ole Miss has the advantage at quarterback. I think that's obvious. Um, but if, if Tennessee can come out and somehow, you know, get over that 150 mark rushing and be able to, to slow – I know this game is not going to, like, slow down – but if Tennessee can somehow establish the run game to slow down Missouri, I mean, I'm sorry, Ole Miss staying off the field, then that's going to be key for them because I don't know if Tennessee's defense can hold up in the fourth quarter if they're having to make a bunch of different stops. And that's the one thing that concerns me about the Vols is their depth. It, yeah, I was going to say, it's a thin defense. They've had some injuries. They're going up against an, an Ole Miss offense that's been pretty dynamic all season. We, how do you anticipate them trying to attack Matt Corral? Because I mean, so far so this season, uh, no one's really been able to do it except for Alabama, who was able to disrupt everything at the line of scrimmage in a way that I don't know. I don't know how many teams in the league can do that. Georgia can do it. I think Texas A&M to some extent can do it. Uh, I think the list might stop there. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think, look, Tennessee's going to have to bring some exotic blitzes against Matt Corral and make him uncomfortable. They're going to have to contain him in the pocket. Um, Tennessee did take a hit when it comes to the linebacking core. Really, Neil, they're rolling with three linebackers right now. Juwan Mitchell is out for the season. The Texas transfer, he had shoulder surgery. So Tennessee's really rolling with Jeremy Banks, Aaron Beasley, and former walk-on Solomon Page. Um, and, and by the way, these, you know, besides Jeremy Banks, we know what he brings with the ferocity on defense. Aaron Beasley has, has been the standout guy to me when it comes to the linebacking court. And, uh, you know, Brian Jean, Mary, linebacker coach, called him a leader in, in the locker room. And I think that says a lot for everything that kid went through over the summer. But, you know, Tennessee's going to have to bring definitely pressure off the corner. And if that means Alante Taylor trying to attack Matt Corral, um, then, then that's fine. But if they, if they don't, and the problem becomes where Tennessee lines up four, and then they try to put a spy on Matt Corral. I, I don't think there's anybody fast enough right now, you know, to be able to watch over him the entire game because it's not it's not Jeremy Banks, it's not Aaron Beasley. That's the problem they're going to run into is if they can't put pressure up the middle and and be able to make, get Matt Corral on the ground, he's going to get outside the pocket and make plays. And I don't think Tennessee's fast enough on the edges to be able to stop that. 
Big picture, do you feel like Heupel, unlike some of his predecessors there at, at Tennessee, do you feel like Heupel has the ability to get Tennessee back into annual contention in the East? It's been a long time since that's been the case. It's been a long time. I, I think that Josh Heupel is a good enough football coach that has – the big thing is he's surrounded himself with, A, guys that he's familiar with, and, B, he went outside the box too with, with Brian Jean Mary and, and Rodney Garner – um, I, I think that he's got a setup right now that in two years, yes, you could start seeing Tennessee potentially have a matchup like Kentucky has this weekend um, where, where they're contending, you know, middle of the year, you know, they're contending for the SEC East or not falling off. I think you could see that because of the way that they're going to try to produce on offense. And it's going to be up to Rodney Garner Willie Martinez and Brian G. Mary to find something on this defense, along with Tim Banks, the defense coordinator, but to find playmakers on defense is going to be able to sustain over the next three to four years. And, and right now the recruiting board is up in the air when it comes to defense. They're going to rely a lot on JUCOs and transfer portal. So I do see success for Josh Heupel, um, and, and maybe that's nine and three types of year, eight and four. But I could, you know, in the coming years, if he keeps doing what he has, you know, done so far, and especially next year, Neil, if they can keep Hendon Hooker around, which I think they will, um, then then you could potentially take that next step. Such a big stretch here for Tennessee, right? They're they're four and two. Um, they they finished the season with South Alabama and Vanderbilt, which looks like a couple of wins on paper, which gets you to six. But these next four games, starting Saturday, it's uh, it's Ole Miss, then at Alabama. Weekend off, then at Kentucky, Georgia at home. There's no gimmies in that group. What's the what's kind of the feeling around Knoxville? Is it hey these are free shots, or is there is it is there an expectation that they win a couple of these games? The feeling is they're kind of playing with house money because there there there's no expectations over the next four weeks. Um, you beat Ole Miss on Saturday. You moved to five and two on the season. You only need one more win, you know, to, to get to that bowl game, and that'll probably come against Jake Bentley in South Alabama before they play Vanderbilt. Um, but there, but there's not a lot of expectations, and I think that's a good thing for Tennessee fans. Don't, you know, don't, don't get all caught up with everything. Enjoy what's in front of you, um, and and even the coaching staff. You know, I had, I had two people tell me this before they went to Florida. You know, they understood what they were going up against. They were going down there to have fun and to see what kind of fight they could put up against the Gators to see where they stood. And I think that's exactly what you saw. I think this weekend, this team is full of momentum, and and I think these guys are starting to to feel it, you know, on defense and on offense and the coaching staff. And if they could somehow pull a victory off against – like, Neil, this is like the, the talk of the town. And this game's always been circling on the schedule for other reasons besides. Yeah, I was about to ask you about that, but go ahead. All right, well, we'll get to that. For other reasons besides Ole Miss and, and Tennessee. But the biggest thing that we've seen now to where Tennessee has set themselves up to be 4-2 and two on the year is that Tennessee fans feel like this is the biggest game of the year because they know what Georgia is going to bring later on the season. That's why you've seen a hard sellout. This is going to be the first sellout for Tennessee in three-plus years. Um, they're doing this whole checker kneeling thing. It's a way for Danny White to let the fans get into it, do what they want to be excited. So I don't, I don't think there's expectations. I think fans look at the line 
and they see it as, you know, three and a half for Ole Miss, and they're like, all right, you know what? We're we're in this thing. Like, you know, if we can put up on offense, maybe we can hang and maybe we can pull off this huge victory. And I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Uh, three years ago, Kentucky came into Knoxville, ranked 11th in the country. Tennessee beat them. It kind of catapulted them through the rest of the season. They got to a bowl game. They won the Tax Slayer Bowl. I think that's what you're looking at this weekend with the Ole Miss game. Like, if, if Tennessee can beat the Rebels, then you're looking at a, a team that has found success this year, knowing what's coming over the next three weeks. I don't think the Lane Kiffin back to Knoxville story is a big one here. Um, Lane was asked about it a little bit yesterday, and he was like, guys, it's it's been a minute. Uh, since that happened and he's been there you know since then as Alabama's offensive coordinator and, and that kind of thing how big of a story is it in Knoxville and then what are the sentiments there towards Lane Kiffin all these years later you know it it, it, it I don't think it's personally I don't think it's that big a story because again he's been back here so many times it is what it is he's been back here in the off season hanging out with his kids like it, it, it is what it is um but I think from a fan perspective um, they see him back here as a head coach. And the last time he was roaming the sidelines, you know, as a head coach in the Southeastern Conference was with Tennessee. Uh, I don't think people, people don't forget, and, and that's okay. Um, but you look at this matchup, they see the star of Lane Kiffin. And deep down inside, Tennessee fans, they miss that. Sure. They, they, they you know, they wanted that to happen earlier in his career before he bolted. But I, but I don't think there's actually hatred. I think Tennessee fans actually really like Lane Kiffin, but they would love to beat him on Saturday night. So, yeah, it's going to be all over talk radio this week. I'm sure Lane will make an appearance or two on Knoxville radio just to hype it up. You know he's going to. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, that's the reason why they didn't do the black jerseys for, for Saturday night. You know, Tennessee did not want that conversation to be about Lane Kiffin this week. They wanted it to be about Tennessee, just playing Ole Miss straight up. And, you know, you can't hide the Lane Kiffin stuff, but you can do your best to make this about yourself, your team. And I think that's kind of what you've seen with the fan support and what they're doing this weekend. So, look, Tennessee fans are always going to love Lane Kiffin. They're always going to hate Lane Kiffin, and they'll boo the hell out of him on Saturday night. And, and if they win, they'll rub it in his face and say, oh, you should still be in here. Look what we could have done. Other than that, I really don't think it's a big factor. I'll get a prediction from you at the end. I do want to ask you about another couple of things. Uh, Ed Orgeron's not going to make it at LSU. Uh, I know that uh, you and, and Glenn Gilbo are there. Uh, Glenn's got a ton of LSU connections um, after covering LSU for, I don't know, 75, 80 years. Yeah. How long he covered LSU. Do you, do you get a sense, either from talking to Glenn or just from your own sources, as to what's going to ultimately happen in Baton Rouge? Yeah, I was talking to a few people uh, after you know that were involved in the LSU program after the Kentucky game, and um, you know as they were getting on the bus, you know text messages are flying out from everywhere, and it was demoralizing loss against the Wildcats. There, there's no other way to put it. Um, if if the team, and this is going to, I don't know how to phrase this by just saying it. If a team really wanted to step up for their head coach, they'd have put on a better performance than they did in Lexington. Yeah, they quit. No, yeah, that was pretty pathetic. Yeah. The defensive line was horrible. The linebackers were horrible. Um, the offense didn't produce anything in the rushing game. So, you know, I, I, from, from talking with folks, I feel like he was safe this week, but 
you go out and you lose Saturday at 11 o'clock against Florida, I think Scott Woodard, first of all, I think Scott Woodard's already making calls and talking to people, yeah. setting up the future. I had one person tell me that, you know, once once Ed Orgeron got back on Sunday, Scott Woodard and them had their, their normal conversation, but you could feel um, coming out of that meeting that this game on Saturday, you know, I, I, it's not going to be a swinging factor, but it might decide if he's the head coach for the rest of the season. Well, they've got Florida this weekend, then they've got at Ole Miss, then they have an open date. And so there's a there's a spot there if you – I mean, you don't have to be a genius to figure this out. There's a spot there that makes sense to make yeah. a transition. An open date is the ideal time to do it as opposed to, you, you, you know, you fire somebody on Sunday afternoon and you hire an interim or whatever and all the crap that goes with that. Oh, by the way, you guys have to travel to Memphis on Friday to play Ole Miss on Saturday. It right. makes more sense to do it the day after that where you have, hey, we've got nothing this week. You can have a transition week, and then you get ready to go to Tuscaloosa, and there are no expectations, and now the pressure's off. And Well, I'm talking to some of To your point, though, I don't know that the yeah. it's so hot down there right now. I don't know that it can make 12 more days. See, that, and that's the problem because, you know, you've got this game at 11 o'clock Central Time in Death Valley. The environment's going to be horrible. The fans, you know, it's not going to be a sellout in Tiger Stadium. Florida should come in there and run the football with Emory Jones. Um, and if they're smart, they put in Anthony Richardson as well and just run the football all over LSU, and it's over with. Uh, and, and then you got to play Ole Miss. Like, it, it's not lost on anybody in that administration and, and talking with some folks just how big it is to go ahead and try to set up for the future because you're also battling with USC and you're potentially going to be battling with Miami um, for, for a new head coach. And, and that's where things start popping off that. So that was brought up to me that that open date was brought up to me as, okay, you know, we go get embarrassed by, by Ole Miss, which is probably going to end up happening. Um, then that's your spot where you let go, find your transition coach, and then you can start your national search. People have already mentioned Lane Kiffin's name, whether it's uh, Scott Rabelais, I think was the first to put it in print. Uh, Paul Feinbaum's done it. Clay Travis has done it. Other people have done it. I'm not asking for you to betray any sources here or anything, but how, how legitimate do you think Lane Kiffin's name is in, in terms of the LSU search? Yeah, I think Lane Kiffin was prepared to be, you know, Ed Orzeron offensive coordinator a few years ago uh, when, he, when he first, you know, took the job. Uh, or got that job, um, and, and, and I talked to somebody last night about that, and I think that when it comes to what Lane Kiffin could do at LSU, he he would understand, this is how the person put it to me, he would understand that he would go in there and you wouldn't, it wouldn't be a rebuild. You go to LSU, you get your quarterback, you're going to be fine just because of the in-state recruiting and the talent that they already have. Um, it could be a spot for him if that opens up. Um, now you have to weigh all the options when it comes to this, you know, when it comes to going to Baton Rouge and the expectations, but you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he entertained it. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if his representations already making phone calls to, to Scott Woodard and kind of putting his name out there for two different things for either a security at Ole Miss because of what they're building or B because there's that legit interest in, in, in the job. So, you know, I, I personally think LSU would probably go a different way than Lane Kiffin, um, but you're going to see his name floated out there for either of those two reasons, anyways. I mean, 
you know, if Miami opens up, Neil, you know this, Lane Kiffin's name is going to be brought up for the Miami job. It absolutely is. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and tell you, I think there's a, a much better chance of him ending up at LSU than there is at Miami. Miami, when you dig into the Miami job, it just doesn't make a lot of sense other than Lane's, you know, attachment to South Florida and Lane likes deep sea fishing. Those are those are things that are real, but everything else is kind of like, eh, boy, the ACC, from a money standpoint, from a, a – a student support standpoint from an alumni support standpoint, the Miami job, it ain't what it used to be. And so it's, it's, uh, that would be a, a riskier move for him. It's, it's, it'd be a much, it make much more sense on his part to go to LSU where the last three coaches who've been there have won national championships, as opposed to going to Miami where it's been a minute since Miami has won. And, and I don't, I don't, there's no real sign that Miami's anywhere close to winning like that again. No, and also you go to LSU, and and there there's a good chance you're 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 upheaving Nick Saban, you know, maybe two or three times before your career's over. I mean, you know, if we're being realistic here, you know, the his chances of making it to Atlanta and playing for SEC championships, they're going to come down to Baton Rouge more so than they're going to come in Oxford, and and that's just that's just being real. Yeah, and, it absolutely is. And so and his, for him to have right, and for him to have that opportunity to do that. Like, because you know this, these jobs don't come open often. And big jobs like LSU, where it sells itself, and you can just go down there and win immediately if you wanted to and find the right guys, that doesn't happen. So, you know, you have to jump at opportunities along those lines. And I think Lane has reintroduced himself to the Southeastern Conference by being at Alabama, going to FAU, and now being at Ole Miss. I think fans are used to him again, and that's why it wouldn't surprise me to see him on the sidelines in Death Valley. The risk for whether it's Lane Kiffin or James Franklin or, or frankly, any of the names that are out there with LSU is that they, there is a lot of things hanging over the program, and people say, well, nothing's going to come of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't, I'm not so sure that, that nothing's coming of it. You have a, a, a significant Title IX issue that could, could, could create a myriad of problems. You have NCAA issues that are going to allow LSU to escape a $17 million uh, buyout that would be due at Orgeron, and you can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, there's nothing to this NCAA stuff, uh, Ed, but we're not going to give you your money. Um, Pretty much they're going to they're gonna have to pull a Tennessee. They're going to have to really thread the needle, yeah. And, and, right. And that's, exactly. that's hard to do, and that usually results in some damage along the way. And Lane Kiffin has jumped to a big-time program right before damage hit, and he's been down that road before. And then I'm like you. I don't think, and I know some people down there too, I – I don't think at the end of the day that's the route LSU and Scott Woodward are going to go. I, I, I think it's probably as much about leverage here in Oxford as it is anything. But I'm with you. When people say there's nothing to it, I'm like, no, there's something to it. His name's going to fly around down there and and um, prepare yourself. Personally, I'd be interested to, to see if James Franklin would, would, would jump in Baton Rouge or Southern Cal. Like that, that's one for me. Because I could, I could see James Franklin back in the SEC again. I could too. I, and frankly, LSU's a better job than, yep. than, than USC in the same way. And this sounds crazy to a lot of people nationally, but in the same way that Ole Miss is a better job than Miami. There's so Agreed. much more money. And the, the SEC thing with Texas and Oklahoma coming and the new TV contract is such that a lot of the national people who don't really have their finger on the true pulse of the sport don't understand that the, the, the landscape has shifted in, in in a seismic sort of a way with Oklahoma and Texas and potentially where the SEC might even further go from here. And so when you go to Miami, 
well, what happens if you go to Miami and the ACC breaks up? What, yep. What's left with you? And and so I don't think I don't think Miami's a good gig. And listen, Miami Lane, doesn't sell itself anymore. Lane Kiffin knows that, and more yeah. importantly, his representation knows that. Um, yeah, his representation has his his finger on, on the pulse of the sport. I assure you. Uh, all right, real quick before you go, I do want to get your thoughts on just a couple of SEC games this week. I know you're writing about Kentucky and Georgia uh, today. Does Kentucky have any chance at all Saturday in Athens? I mean, it's tough. I mean, we could all point to what happened in College Station and say, oh, look, miracles happen in the Southeastern Conference, whatever. No. Georgia's front seven is absolutely uh, just ferocious, Neil. And, and you know that. Just watching them uh, get off the line of scrimmage. And, and look, Kentucky's going to have to rely on – you know, uh, Cavassier Smoke and Chris Rodriguez to try to run the football, you know, a, a, against this Georgia front. And, and I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Like, it, it. That's the thing to me. I think Georgia puts so much pressure, you know, on, on the front line, especially with, with what teams are trying to do in the rushing attack. I mean, I think Bigsby had, what, 46 yards rushing against, you know, Georgia. Bo, it, it, the, the way that Kentucky can hang into this game as Will Levis gets outside the pocket and makes plays down the field to Wandell Robinson. Like that, that's how you make plays in this game because I don't see them lining up and rushing the ball up the middle. That, that to me is, is off the table. So you've got to find different ways to get your guys involved, whether that's Chris Rodriguez, you know, getting out in the flat and, and trying to make a play down the field. Okay. Then that's fine. But the biggest thing is in, in, and it reminds me of like the Auburn game. I mean, look at what Bo Nix tried to do, you know, against the Georgia defense. Same type of quarterback as, as Will Levis. You know, I think Will might have a little stronger arm, but that's fine. But they still tried to get outside the pocket. They tried to move around, try to make plays down the field, and, and Georgia pretty much shut that down. So I, I look at this game, look, I, I think 23 and a half points is a slap in the face to just about anybody in the country. But honestly, this line kind of feels like where the game might go towards the end. The same way that we thought Arkansas was going to go into or some people thought Arkansas would go into Georgia and put up this big fight. I think we're looking at the same thing with this Kentucky team where they're going to take a loss on Saturday. It's probably not going to be that pretty. Um, and I think the whole, you know, I think Kentucky is a, a solid football team. I think they're a 9-10 win football team. But I don't see them having a shot, especially if Georgia, you know, Zamir Wright and, and, you know, and they get that running game going with Kendall Milton. I don't think Georgia has a – I mean, Kentucky has a shot on Saturday. So Alabama goes down to Florida, barely wins. They yeah. bounce back with a really strong performance against Ole Miss, who didn't play well that day. And then they go to Texas A&M and they lose. Uh, and we're all shocked by, by Alabama losing a football game. Alabama goes to Mississippi State on Saturday. Mississippi State beat Texas A&M. They beat NC State. Yep. Um, they're, they're kind of a weird team. They still have to go to Auburn. They still, you know, there's still some challenges on, on uh, Alabama's schedule. Is, is there a chance at all, Trey, that what we're witnessing is just kind of the, the beginning of a, of a not-so-stellar Alabama season, that maybe this is a – Maybe this is a 10-2, and 9-3 Alabama team, or was that just a blip on the radar Saturday? I think Alabama has really bad gaps on defense. I think their linebackers, not as high. I think Henry Toa Toa, I think, you know, and this is – I'm not going to pile on to the kid, you know, for leaving Tennessee. He had to leave for multiple reasons. Um, but I, I think when you, when you saw Texas A&M take advantage of the slant across the middle and everything that was 
open. Um, and, and good job by Jimbo for planning on how they were going to attack Alabama's defense, especially in the linebacker core. I think that's what's causing them problems. And even if you look in the secondary, I think Alabama was tested, and I think Texas A&M took advantage of it at times. Um, and, and, and that's why I don't, I don't trust this Alabama defense as much as I have other teams in the past. And, you know, you look at what they try to do on offense. They're running the football so much, and then you try to set up Bryce Young to either scramble or, or hit a play down the field. And he's going to do that three or four times a game. Like, like that's a given. And I understand, I look, you know, looking at his stats and all that stuff, Bryce Young's a really good quarterback. He's still learning, though, with this offense. And, and I think that this is an Alabama team that's going to drop another game in the conference. Um, and, and it'll make things interesting. Because right now, I think Georgia would beat Alabama by 14 points in the title game. I have no doubt about that in my mind. Because they would just pressure. They would make Bryce Young run outside the pocket and get crazy the whole game. Um, so it would like it wouldn't... It wouldn't surprise me to see Mississippi State hanging with with Alabama in the first half. You know, they'd probably try to wear them down the second half by just rushing the football. Um, but we've seen Mike Leach get crazy when it comes to offensive schemes. And I promise you, he went back and looked at that Texas A&M tape and he was like, okay, there's one area that Alabama is bad at. We're going to expose their linebackers and across the middle. And if we can do that and gain enough and keep the ball out of their hands, maybe we can put up a fight on Saturday. Auburn goes to Arkansas. Uh, both teams kind of coming off – Arkansas coming off a very uh, – de not devastating, but disappointing loss, 52 to yeah. 51. Uh, ball in the air at the – no time left to win it. And then Auburn played Georgia. Um, Auburn's a three, three-and-a-half point dog at Arkansas. How do you sort of see that one playing out? I mean, I, I look, Arkansas has got to right this ship. I mean, they have given up. You know, somewhere around, I think it's 90 points in the last two games on defense, you know, against Georgia and against Ole Miss. Like, look, we, we knew Ole Miss was going to score points against Arkansas. Um, but I think that offensively, you know, I, I think they were fine offensively with K.J. Jefferson. I do. I think they were making plays um, against an Ole Miss linebacking core that, you know, struggles at times. Um, but I think also with, with Auburn, it's kind of that weird – in between game, you know, where, where Auburn's already gone to Happy Valley and lost, and then they they go to Death Valley and win. Now you're going to Arkansas and, and you're playing. I, I think this Ar uh, Auburn team is tested. I think they're good enough when it comes to Bo Nix getting outside the pocket um, and trying to make plays against this Arkansas defense. He wouldn't have been able to do that against Georgia. But it really comes down to me is K.J. Jefferson, how he throws the ball down the field against Auburn secondary, which is just weak right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think I think Arkansas actually wins the game. I think they get back on track. And, uh, you know, that would put Auburn in a little bit of a situation. But whatever, first-year coach Brian Harson. Um, I just think Sam Pittman, after two losses in a row, get to go back home, play in a home environment against a rival, they'll, they'll beat Auburn. All right. We talked about Tennessee and Ole Miss. Give me, uh, give me kind of your thoughts on how the game plays out. I, th I think Ole Miss, you know, I, look, I, th I think Tennessee is going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Ole Miss, you know, for four and a half quarters. Or I'm sorry, three and a half quarters. And then I just think Matt Corral is going to make a play or two um, in the fourth quarter that, that are that, that's going to put kind of the death knell into Tennessee. I don't think it's going to be some kind of blowout by Ole Miss or anything along those lines. I think Ole Miss, you know, wins 48-41 something along those lines. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. This is probably going to be the longest game 
I've ever attended at Neyland Stadium because don't of the passing. Don't say but that. I, I know, I know. Say but I'm I, look, I, I like the over, and I know the over-under <laughs> number is high, and I like the yep. over. And it's funny, you and I have not, as God is my witness, uh, discussed a score, and the score that you just gave is – incredibly close to the score that I've been thinking about putting in my picks column on Thursday. Um, I'm we're on the same page. I think there's a bunch of points here. And frankly, I think it ends up working out. If you and I are both right, there's a lot of Heisman talk here about corral and stuff. I think he'll have another Heisman kind of performance where people have to start really paying even more attention to him moving forward. They better start paying attention to him. And, and, you know, I don't care what Ole Miss's record is or whatnot. Matt Corral, one of, if not the top quarterbacks in the country and playmakers when it comes to offense and, and what he's been able to do. But I do, I do think Tennessee tries to find some success. Don't be surprised early when they come in, throw a lot of blitzes at him, make Ole Miss uncomfortable, uh, especially with their running game. But in the end, you know, I, I think Ole Miss is a little bit too much, um, but we'll see. They're going to go into a hostile environment and it's going to be crazy. It's going to remind folks of that Oklahoma game from years ago where the fans yeah. were. This is like Tennessee's one shot, like this season, to get that big win. And do they fold under the pressure or do they step up to the challenge? And, and I think they're going to step up to the challenge. I think Ole Miss just gets them by a touchdown at the end of the game. though. Should be a lot of fun. It was great talking to you. Uh, super happy for you and your success. And, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Neil. Have a great day, buddy. Appreciate right, it. Bye-bye. That was Trey Wallace with OutKick. Trey, uh, back in the day, a long time ago, was our producer in Mobile. Oh, really? Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Always uh, very professional, very good at very good at watching a lot of football and absorbing it and being able to uh, discuss it. Which is a talent. No question. There's no doubt about that. No question. Uh, podcast brought to you in part by Nick's Tan and Associates. It's nickstanoxford.com, the uh, sponsor of my 321 football content item. will be out later today. You can click the uh, image in the article. You can click the image in my message board signature as well. Again, nickstanoxford.com, the buy side and the sell side of real estate here locally in the uh, Oxford and Lafayette County area. I've used them multiple times. Give them a chance as well. That's 662-281-1200 or nickstanoxford.com. We're also brought to you by ACS, Automation and Control Systems, LLC. They're established in 2013. They're in Baldwin, Mississippi as a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. They have a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. They can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and so much more. Uh, it's ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate is based out of Jackson, Mississippi. They service the entire state in all commercial asset classes such as retail, office, industrial, and land. Uh, Sam Cox, B.B. Mitchell are Ole Miss graduates. They utilize their unique skill sets to execute on assignments and increase value for their clients. This week's property spotlight is on the Village at Madison. It will feature roughly 60,000 square feet of Class A restaurant, retail, medical, and professional office space, along with roughly 75-0 lot line residences, with Pinpoint handling the leasing for the commercial portion of the development. If you'd like to learn more about this opportunity, call Sam and BB at 601-586-3220. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit, hand-tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one. 
at bluedeltajeans.com. Go to the site. Use the virtual tailor. You can get fitted and um, design your very own jeans in just a few minutes. And then use the promo code REBELGROVE for 10% off your purchase at bluedeltajeans.com. Uh, we're also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons is at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for almost 75 years. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. It's the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. Podcast is brought to you by Johnston Hill Creamery. Again, in the uh, Grove next week, you can get it delivered right there to your spot anywhere on campus. You just call 662-419-9201. Or email cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. 24 hours notice is all you need to take advantage of charcuterie trays, uh, artisanal cheese trays, many different dessert items, including cherry buttermilk hand pies, cannolis, blackberry cheesecake bars, and plenty more. I'm a big fan of the spiced honey, the pepper jelly, they've got spicy feta dip, and plenty of other accompaniments and extra additions there to your tailgate or just for uh, whatever you got going on at home as well. They've got sandwiches, they've got catering, and plenty of different things, including salads and more. So Johnston Hill Creamery. Thanks to uh, Trey Wallace for giving us that amount of time today. Um, Good stuff there all across the league. The Kiffin thing, Mm -hmm. I got accused yesterday of us uh, dodging it. I'm like, no, we're not dodging it. I've just kind of worked on it. I I agree with Trey, by the way. I think think you're going to see Kiffin's name for two reasons. Okay? One is that uh, Kiffin gets clicks. I don't know if you've noticed this, but Lane Kiffin gets a lot of social media uh, traction. Yep. And so when you put his name in a story. It blows up. It blows up. People click it and they read it and that draws eyeballs. Then number two, and it stands to reason, that if you have the ability to use leverage, you use said leverage. I mean, yeah. Um. But look, there's a lot of football left in this season. Ole Miss's season will be halfway done on Saturday night when this is over. Tennessee, Ole Miss. There's still a lot of football left. I wrote about this in Ten Thoughts. You can make a you can make a case for Ole Miss going eleven and one. You can. Yeah. Now you can make a case for Ole Miss going seven and five. Sure. Not to be negative, but you can. Yeah. I mean, I could go. Hey, you know, Ole Miss could lose at Tennessee. They're only a three point favorite. Yeah. I could say, I could say Ole Miss could lose at Auburn. Sure. Ole Miss could lose to A&M. Ole Miss could lose at Mississippi State. None of those things are outlandish to say. Do I think Ole Miss is going to lose all those games? I don't. But they could. And so, in other words, I mean, who knows what his stock would be at that point as opposed to where it would be at 10-2 and or 11-1 and with the Heisman winning quarterback. I also believe that um, – I also believe that Ole Miss is more than prepared to pay what is necessary. Within reason. What is necessary up to a certain number. And I've kind of heard that number and believe it to be basically accurate. And I don't think this is going to come down to money. You know, I think it's going to come down to – if if it comes down to anything. And frankly, I don't think the LSU search will get to Lane Kiffin. Um, I think it's an easy thing. It matches up with Kiffin's notoriety and social media, as you talked about. It also matches up with Woodward going after crazy – High-profile coaches. Woodward has a infatuation right now with Luke Fickle at yeah. Cincinnati. 
He's very interested in James Franklin at Penn State. And look, now, you saw what James Franklin did at Vanderbilt in this league. Imagine what James Franklin could potentially do with LSU's resources. He went 9-4 and two straight years at Vanderbilt. You know, SC wants wants Franklin, too, I believe. So there's a lot to, to happen. But for the people who get angry at the story when people mention Lane Kiffin, you probably need to take a deep breath because it makes sense why that's getting written if you understand the way that the game works. It's going to get written. It's not going to go away. And it, it has enough legitimacy for people um, to talk about it. And people are absolutely going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that's going to happen is when Ed Orgeron is ultimately let go, especially if it happens during the season, Kiffin's name is going to pop up on every single hot board or whatnot. So go ahead and take a sedative. Lane's going to get asked about it, and he's going to give a really vague answer. Nondescript answer. That's going to say nothing. And people are going to run with it and go, my God, he didn't deny it. So if that's the kind of thing that bothers you and gets your blood pressure up, make sure you're taking your meds because it's not going to go away. And when people go, well, there's just nothing to it, well, that's wrong too. Yeah. Does that make any sense? 100%. No, it's where we're at now. I mean, look, Lane's one of those guys, too, that thinks all publicity is good publicity. So even if he's planning on staying at Ole Miss the next 10 years, he does not mind his name in these searches at all. No. He it keeps everything relevant and fresh and moving and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's, I mean, I'll be honest. I think Lane's name was in the Tennessee conversation last year and the Auburn conversation last year because Lane wanted it to be. Yeah. There. No, That's what I believe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I do. I believe that. You're going to hear Lane's name in this Miami thing if they let go of Manny Diaz, and I don't think that's real. You're going to hear Lane's name at USC, even though that's utterly ridiculous from all accounts, really. And I've talked to I talked to Antonio Morales the other day at USC. I said, am I right in saying this when I'm digging into it and I get nothing? He goes, yeah. There, there's just no way. There's no way that the same people who fired him on the tarmac turn around and do a mea culpa yeah, sure. years later. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to tell you before we uh, start to wrap up, we'll have hand-raised guys tomorrow night. Can you believe it's already Wednesday? It feels like Saturday, actually. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Um, that'll be brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Lane. Oh, call Lane. Call Comer at 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern. 662-429-4429. Uh, we are also brought to you by um, our friends at Service Specialist. They are with offices in Ridgeland, Canton, Jackson, and Oxford. Service Specialist has been connecting candidates and employers since 1967. It's the oldest staffing company in Mississippi. Whether you're a new college grad or a seasoned professional, whether you're in engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, human resources, or more, Get in touch with service specialists. They're always looking for candidates that have potential and want to learn and get their foot in the door with great op- great growth opportunities. Don't forget, Mississippi's a small state. Service specialist always knows about jobs that never get advertised. They always know. Sorry. They always know about um, opportunities that are not going to be publicized. So get in touch with them. 662-832-5138 or service specialist ltd.com 
Also brought to you by Alpha Specialty, 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. They're your trailer-specific professional. They are the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. Load trail, Hallmark cargo trailers. They can work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built. Spare tires and wheels, all sorts of accessories. Um, 601-932-9798 or alphaofms.com. And we're brought to you by The Rogue. I mentioned Chance Campbell. His visit with us each week is brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. They're stylist hand-select pieces from top designers. From work to uh, lifestyle to nightlife, they're the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. So plenty more uh, that coverage. My, that was my stringer. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I know. Plenty at rebelgrove.com. Uh, plenty more coming Just throughout send me the day. Something. I don't care. Make it, make up. it up. Um, hope you enjoyed the uh, the podcast today. A lot of fun. Uh, thanks to Trey <laughs> Wallace for taking his time today as well. <laughs> Whatever comes today into uh, tomorrow. Two shows tomorrow. We'll have hand raised guys tomorrow night. We'll be with you tomorrow morning. Same time, same bat channel. And leading up to Ole Miss in Tennessee, 6.30 tomorrow, or Saturday night, not tomorrow night, Saturday night from Neyland Stadium there in Knoxville. So hit another Rebel Grove. Again, if you're a new subscriber, new listener, just uh, holler at us. If you have any questions, we'll do our best to uh, to answer those. Promo Eli 10 to get it free until Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you. Sammy again. says that, yeah. just real quick, Sammy says that uh, SEC Football Beyond got 17 views on Monday. Is that good? I think it's a record high, actually, in the last month or so. Because I've got a buddy who you would really like who sends it to me pretty much every day, and it always has one or two typically when when when, when I get it. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a it's become a bit of a running gag in a in a in a, in a couple text chains <laughs> that's that's going. So seventeen's better. It's better. It's good. Yeah. Momentum. So, yeah. So anyway, podcast tomorrow. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you then. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.